Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope podcast. My name is Amy. I'm also here with Janae. Hey, everyone. And we are so happy to have you joining us for today's episode. But before we get started on that, we have a pretty exciting announcement. So we are in the Bartow County area near Cartersville, Georgia, and there are a group of local women who love the Lord and have a heart for women who have made an event. We've come together and created space for women to worship God. The event is called Replenish because that is the heart behind what we want that time to provide. This will be a time of worship, the word. Janae and I are super excited because we get to be a part of that evening and helping women just to refill those desolate spaces. So for more information, you can email us. You can message us on Facebook. You can go find the event on Facebook by searching Replenish. Um, This is for anyone in the Bartow County area and the local area around that. We have a local church that's willing to host our event for us, so there's no cost for you to come. But the important thing that you know is that it's February 24th, and the doors open at 6.30. The event will begin at 7. It'll be around an hour and a half. So go ahead, get a sitter, call that girlfriend that you want to go hang out with, make dinner plans, and come join us at Replenish. I can't wait. I'm so excited. We This has been a long time in the making. We've uh, This little group of women who've been praying, God's been stirring in our heart. So super excited. We also, Amy, have some other news we're excited to share, but we're going to save that till the end. You guys are just getting a podcast full of news this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we'll go ahead and get started with our verse. Um, Today's podcast is centered around Matthew 5, 43 through 44. It says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, and this is Jesus talking, You love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And Janae, you talk about in the blog that you ask us to remember a time when we are hurt, and I'm just going to read a little bit from that blog. Uh, Remember when that person at work, the friend betrayed, the family member refused to forgive and reconcile, the feelings of hurt, anger, and being misunderstood or judged, or maybe it was just an outright unfair, unnecessary, unkind thing. Then you go to describe what happens next. Rather than lessen over time, our emotions agitate like clothes in the dryer that are being tossed around to keep fresh, and no one will remove them, and each interaction or memory flings those feelings around, reactivating the pain. Uh, What a great description because, I mean, okay, I don't have a brand new dryer, so mine doesn't do this, but I know there are dryers out there (laughs) that when the drying is done and it makes its little song, and if you don't come and get the clothes out, it just waits a little while, and then it just kicks back up. And rolls them around again so they stay fluffy and warm. But when that's our emotions, because we're reliving something over and over and over again, that's really damaging. Yes. And sometimes we don't intentionally fluff them up and (laughs) remind ourselves and try to keep them fresh. But other things uh, happen that stir them up. But we do leave it unattended when we don't deal with them healthily. And all of us, we deal with our hurt and pain in different ways. Mm. Uh, And we all probably have a little bit of a list of the unhealthy ways we might handle that when we have been hurt, like maybe binge watching 
uh, any kind of procrastination cycle that we may get sucked into. We may take it out on others, hopefully not. And there are healthier ways that we may lend to as well, where we might want to talk it out with a friend. We talk it out with God. Maybe we go to see a counselor. But a wound that is deep, it takes time to heal. Mm -hmm. And there is oftentimes a process involved. The drier analogy is what happens when we don't deal with the hurt. And whether we deal with our hurt or not, even from the healthiest places, in our verses today, Jesus tells us what to do, but it is a hard message to take in. Yeah, and let's talk about why that's so hard to swallow. So we're going to put this verse in context, okay? Matthew 5, he's just completed the famous Sermon on the Mount, and the purpose is to remind people that Yes, it looks like this thing is happening, but actually I'm going to turn everything upside down as as the kingdom of Jesus always is. And he said, actually, blessed are these people that are in these struggling places. So Jesus is dealing with a lot of hot topics. Um, and he just decided, hey, everybody's here. We're going to hit them all at once. <laughs> but um, here Jesus is instructing people that um, how we need to deal with our enemies. So let's define who enemies are. Right. I think that's a great question. Enemies sound so intense, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think each of us would answer this question differently, but in general, it's the person, the organization, or the group that we feel is against us rather than for us. And that could turn in a moment. One moment, these people are for us, and then the next moment, we feel that something has happened and they are against us. And it is super hard when it is people you have been doing community with, mm. like through school or your neighborhood or your church or your family. So, you know, that's the perspective that we have, right? That's how, how we view the people around us is if they've turned against us, that feels like they're our enemy. But we're also reminded in the word that our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's right. Right? So we almost need to um, take a step back and unhitch the attack from the person. So yes, it might be, you know, Joe Schmo standing in front of me being really ugly, but there's a lot more going on even in the spiritual realm that we also need to be aware of that the enemy is is the enemy of our souls. It's not just Joe in front of me who feels like an enemy, but we have a true enemy that is seeking ways to destroy our lives every day all day long, whispering and, and causing um, chaos and, you know, dissension within our lives. That's right. I think that's hard to do, Amy. But when, as soon as we can catch ourselves, like you said, to take that step back and reframe the situation and understand that while we may feel like it's a personal attack, mm -hmm. that there is more at work behind the scenes with an enemy that even the person whom I feel attacked me is perhaps unaware of and more than likely is unaware. And it's important that we get to the truth mm. around the matter and understand that sin is at work in both them and me, right? not just them. And like you said, the enemy wants to destroy relationships. His hands are all over that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we can acknowledge that, that is that one step towards diffusing it so we can move in towards the direction of what Christ is calling us to do. 
But even having that mindset, sometimes, let's say it's a family member that feels like your enemy, that does not make it easier to spend Christmas with them or get together for Thanksgiving. You know, we still have to do do some work when there's a relationship that's been severed. Yeah, so maybe we didn't see the people as outright enemies, like we said in the very beginning. But in that moment, it the intensity of the situation has happened. And even though there are too many oppositions to share, I would like to share um, one that I think would help us learn. Uh, it's an example of centered around when we bought our house, our last house. We had moved and had been here about eight months. And this move, we've moved more than once, Mm -hmm. uh, but this particular move, I felt very strongly that the rug, you know, had been pulled out from underneath me and I felt so unsettled and I just wanted to get settled, get us settled into a home. And after living out of boxes for months, um, I just felt so displaced, Amy. I just, you know, out of sorts. So we had found a house and we were doing the final walkthrough on closing day. And it had rained the night before, and there were leaks in the roof, but this was a new roof, Hmm. and the roof was still under warranty. So a rep from the roofing company was present, and he talked us through uh, what was going on and how they would fix it. And we felt like we were supposed to move, move ahead, so we did. And they did, you know, they came out and fixed the roof, and you can't see my little fingers doing quote, unquote. (laughs) But they fixed the roof. So let's roll forward a couple of months. We had a few renovations that we wanted uh, to do before we moved in. But they continued to be delayed because it would rain and then there was another leak. And so then they would come out and fix this. But at some point, we had this huge deluge for like a couple of days. And it was ridiculous, the amount of leaks. Hmm. And we, it was ruining all the work that had already been done in the re- renovations. And you're just so like overwhelmed with what is going on and knowing that this is delaying us moving in, that settled feel and oh. So um, at some point, the roofing company stopped responding Ooh. and no longer, they didn't answer phone calls, didn't answer the text. They just kind of rolled off the radar and we were just left with what are we going to do next? We we decided to to do the more expensive route, but long-term solution, and I had to get a whole new roof line. Wow. So we did not move in until April of the next year. And for a girl who needed to feel settled, it was hard. Um, and I, it was just a mess, and I was bitter, so angry. We found out that they had not done a very good job with the roof and that they were at fault. That's probably one of the reasons why they backed out. So, obviously, through all of that, you really wanted to pray for them. Oh, <laughs> oh, I wanted to pray. I wanted to tell God exactly how he could rain his vengeance down <laughs> upon them. wanted to run my emotions through another cycle over and over again intentionally. It was hard. Mm, so, okay, that is a wonderful example. And enemies come with all kinds of different packaging and circumstances. And sometimes it's somebody close and sometimes it's a company who just completely does you wrong. Right. Um, but let's unpack Jesus's instructions on how we are to deal with these. So I'm going to reread our verse, Matthew 5, 43 and 44. 
You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, there are some other translations that spell this out differently. Like the King James Version says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and King James is not messing around. I'm telling you. I mean, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It suddenly makes prayer seem like the easiest thing to do, right? (laughs) So this action of love towards our enemies, it wants us to bless them. It wants us to actually do good for them and to pray for them, which is really tough. So how do we bring ourselves to a point where we can actually respond the way that Jesus is calling us to. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't think we can. Mm-hmm. We cannot bring ourselves. What we can do in prayer, and I think that while we're supposed to pray for our enemies, the first act of prayer is seeking God's help and Absolutely. saying, Jesus, I, I, I can't do this. I don't even maybe want to do this. Oh, yeah. It's not even, this isn't even on my radar. This is only coming through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so as soon as we recognize we need and we call out to Jesus for help, it's like pushing stop on that dryer. It it stops the cycle. And I remember a time when the hurt ran so deep. Um, and this was very personal. So like the roofing situation was a uh, detached personal. I know looking back, I did the best I could in this situation, but I did not handle it the best on many fronts. And it was during a church split. So it was very personal. Mm-hmm. These are people, you know, you were doing community. We've gone to their funerals. We've gone to their weddings. We've babies being born and dedications and sick and all the things. So I know I probably talked too much. I felt like I had to defend and explain. I remember an elder using these verses that you read, uh, the King James Version. But the elder challenged us to not just pray for them, but to ask God to bless the people in this situation. And I literally, I remember the moment we were sitting around the conference table. And when he said that, I, I felt like my stomach got sick. Mm. Like I thought I was going to throw up at the thought of having to pray a blessing. Um, so there were a lot of things I didn't do well, but one thing I did do well during this time was practice forgiveness because that's one of my values in life. I want to be quick to forgive, and I know the importance of that in our lives. And I believe it was the catalyst for me to finally push stop on the dryer in a sense in this situation and allow God to stop the internal turmoil. So I finally got to a place, bottom line, where I was able to pray for them and pray for God to bless them. Mm. So I feel like in this dryer analogy that we're using, the dryer is stopped, right? But there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, if it's anything like my laundry schedule, um, <laughs> I can get things in the washer and I can get things in the dryer with no problem. It's the folding and putting away that may take five to seven business days. <laughs> That's too funny. Or you think uh, you have everything matched up, and then there's that one random sock oh, left frustrating. over. It is a process. And sometimes we take out what we can and then go back for more. The important thing is that you're in that mode. You're moving in that direction of, of pushing stop, allowing God to work, enter into your situation, your circumstance, and allow him to lead and guide your response. Mm-hmm. And in that, 
healing will come. You know, we have to realize that we're not like the superheroes in the movies these days that have that rapid recovery response to their physical wounds. Um, and it is a process. Well, and I think, you know, um, at one point in my job history, I got to work for an incredible counseling office as their office person. And I'll never forget they used to say, um, you can only be where you are. And so I think sometimes we go, okay, God wants me to do these things. So God, I'm just going to push myself and here I go. and I'm going to make sure it happens. And a lot of ways that is just slapping a bandaid on something that probably mm. needs a little bit of surgery. Right. Um, and we can only be where we are. And so we need to acknowledge the things that we're dealing with and invite God in. Like you're talking about the forgiveness. We've hit the stop button and it might be that I can only reach into the dryer and get out that one pair of pants. <laughs> right. And I'm going to fold those. And I'm going to take care of those pair of pants. And then I will return for the next thing. So let's get super practical. Um, just like we see in Jesus's upside down kingdom, we are going to return love for hate, blessing for cur- for cursing. <laughs> I'm going to say cussing. Um, <laughs> well, which could it. also be the case. <laughs> uh, we're going to return blessing for cursing. We're going to do good when we want to do evil. And we're going to pray for those who persecute us. And I think, I know for me in my own world, this has a lot to do with what comes out of my mouth, Mm. what I'm going to give my energy towards. Um, I think it has to do with allowing Jesus to renew my mind and give him hold over my tongue. Yeah. I remember there's a verse that I pray a lot uh, that God would be the door to my lips and the guard over my mouth. Mm. Um, I may have said that backwards, but yes, the need for that is great. I know when I'm wounded by someone, I will spend hours that probably could add up to days in my life coming up with all the ways I would have handled the situation differently. <laughs> I'm probably never going to have an opportunity to go back and rectify, like walk through that situation right. again with all the right answers. And so all that anger and hate and all that agitation, I can turn and instead putting my energy there because just like that dryer repeating, it's a drain on your electric bill. This is a drain on our lives. Yes. Um, We can turn and ask God, do a work in that person's life. Instead of me agitating, not that they should agitate, but (laughs) God, take that agitation and put it towards movement in their lives in a positive way. So what if I pray for that person that God would meet them and heal them? Start there. It's hard to hate someone when you're praying for them. And you know, one of the things that I think that we forget to think about is how Jesus has done this for us. We have been the offender. And so in his graciousness, forgiving and willing to work with us as we um, make those changes and are growing into the people that he has called us to be. I think that's really good. Now I do want to set out a qualifier here because we've talked about you know, our enemies and people who persecute and all of that. But what we are not saying is if you are in an abusive or in a dangerous relationship and you've now gotten to a place of safety, that in any way you need to re-engage with that person. Right. Um, that is not what we're saying. Absolutely not. Yes, you can pray for them, um, but that does not mean giving any access back to your life. So I just wanted to make sure that that was clear because um, I think sometimes people can weaponize uh, this scripture right, and use it to hurt people. God says, you're supposed to forgive me. So let me back in. Well, no, uh, God is a good God and a protective God. And so he wants you to be in a place of safety, um, both physically and emotionally. Yes. Another thing that comes to my mind is the scripture was, it says, seek wise counsel. 
So if you've got that wise voice, you know, and you've got a situation that you're contemplating re-engagement of someone on any situation, um, the wisdom that will come from seeking wise counsel and being smart about it and letting God really facilitate it, let someone speak some truth and, and wisdom into that situation. Absolutely. So, okay, Janae, we're going to, I'm going back to your example of the church split. I think about all the times the enemy could have used your mouth to break down others, right? And it probably would have even felt good at times to feel justified in what you're saying. But we know from scripture that it is out of the overflow of our hearts that our mouth speaks. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, Amy, that I learned during that situation is even in the times where I felt compelled or maybe it was in a place where, you know, Tony and I, uh, my husband and I would be in a situation and there was some explaining to be done. But what in the end result of that whole situation, people believe what they want to believe, whether you've told them mm. your side or not. So just be very careful in that. And to be honest, you know, there are moments where I did say things. I, I know I, I shouldn't have it. I don't remember all that, but I know I wasn't perfect. One of the things that we have to recognize about ourselves is when we've been hurt, we are very vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, we may do or say things that uh, we would regret later or in from a healthy place, we would not have said or done those things. So we do need to take that step back and see where we contributed in the circumstance. That's a very humble thing. God, look at my heart. Uh, what is my part? And your part may be forgiveness. Your part may be the prayer, what Jesus has asked us to do. So, but being willing to take that step back and look at our own part and put it on the table for God to lead in that process. And in some cases, we may be asked to do an actual physical good something for someone. But like we said before, seek wise counsel on that. Well, that is so good. What a great conversation. Um, and I encourage our listeners, you know, wherever you are in this process or the next time you find yourself in this place, Take those actions to stop the dryer, to step back and acknowledge the role of the enemy, and then begin praying and looking to Jesus. Be honest with him about the way you feel. Tell him how much they hurt you and trust him to give you the strength to choose to do good instead of evil. Now, before we close out, um, let's share this news that we've got, Janae. What's, got, what's coming up next? I am so excited. It has been something that's been in the works for quite a while, but we have a new series that's going to come out called Fight Like a Girl. And there will be four battle tactics that we are going to learn over the course of the four weeks of the series that will apply to your life and equip you for the battles that life you find yourself in. I love that. And we're going to have some bonus episodes this time around. I'm super excited. Those will include speaking to women who have been in some really hard fights and how God has walked with them, shown them. And um, I just, you guys don't want to miss this. So we're only a couple of episodes away and fight like a girl will kick off. And just a reminder, if you want more information about Replenish, head to godswordgiveshope.com and click on the Replenish box on the right. Now I'm going to close us with a verse from Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive 
others. <laughs>